Have you been to Chicago lately? I think it might be one of the most exciting cocktail towns in the world, and I'm thrilled that we're going back to it this week to meet two more of its mixology maestros. I'm Susan Schwartz, your drinking companion, and this is Lush Life Podcast. Every week, we are inspired to live life one cocktail at a time by the best in the industry. Last week, we heard from Shelby Allison of Lost Lake, a tiny slice of tiki heaven in Logan Square. This week, we'll be hearing from Abe Vusekovich of The Violet Hour and Vlad Novikov of Z-Bar at the Peninsula Hotel Chicago. First off, we meet Abe, general manager of The Violet Hour in Wicker Park, probably one of the most iconic bars in the country. Winner of the James Beard Foundation Award for Best Bar Program and about a thousand other awards. Abe gives us a history on how it came to be and the origin of a few of their classic cocktails. Hey, I'm Abe Vesekovich. I am the general manager here at Violet Hour in Chicago. Um, started here as a host and quickly became a bar back. Uh, ran some food also, and then bartended. And how long ago did you start? Four and a half years ago. Okay. So the Violet Hour, hour was already. Violet Hour is already you know, doing in, its thing. In full motion. Yeah. So the Violet Hour itself has been open twelve and a half years now. Um, summer of two thousand seven. So it has been here for a bit. Um, one of the first. We like to call ourselves a pre-prohibition style cocktail bar. Um, and one of the first like this in Chicago. Before us, the only real, I guess, cocktails you could get were at Gibson Steakhouse. And they're like the huge martinis with all the blue cheese olives in the world. Um, but we don't. Uh, we're different. Um, and when we first opened up, there are other places. Uh, the Whistler. Uh, was around when we opened up. It's still in existence, a wonderful cocktail bar. And a place that's now closed called The Drawing Room, which was open, uh, which were, was like us too. Um, so yeah, we've been doing this for a little bit. Um, so what made you different from, say, Gibson's? Sure. Um, well, before us, cocktails, what we now know as the cocktail renaissance, I guess what some people, the modern cocktail renaissance, um, is something that started in New York, um, really. And um, one of the main figures is Julie Reiner, and there's um, Sasha Petrosky and Audrey Saunders. These are some of the, the people in New York that really, uh, Dale DeGroff, um, helped to rethink about cocktails. There was sort of this dark period in the 80s and 90s when it came to, to cocktails. I mean, a time and a place, you know, but... Um, yeah, they thought again about how to make drinks well. Well, how did those that New York idea mm-hmm. make its way to Chicago? So there's a guy named Toby Maloney who worked at a place called Milk and Honey that was ran by Sasha Petrowski, a tiny little bar, but super influential. When was he working there? He was working there in the early 2000s. Um, and I may have met him. You may have met him. <laughs> <laughs> um, but um, that bar sort of influenced a lot of people, not just bartenders, but um, clientele. And people who went in there have been blown away. And um, so Toby was trained there um, uh, amongst other places and sort of took a lot of things he learned from Sasha and brought them over here to Chicago. And why did he come to Chicago? Um, Because 
he had worked here before. Uh, he had worked for Terry uh, Alexander, one of our managing partners, and um, he was chucking oysters in Chicago in, I think, the 90s it was, uh-huh. uh, in one of his restaurants. And uh, he came back and says, hey, Terry, I, I'm really, I want to open a cocktail bar. What do you think? And he was on board and brought in some, some people, trained the opening staff, and it sort of took off from there. Was it um, automatic that people... I think there was a, for the public, there was a learning curve, I guess is the way to, um, Chicago, we like, you know, our malort and our old styles and our, you know, our, we, our f***ues to each other, you know, we're a little bit more rough around the edges in some ways, and um, we were different, you know, we, our murals out front, we've never had a sign, uh, people come in and these huge drapes and chandeliers and high back chairs and these cocktails that with ingredients people have never heard of before uh, that weren't just highballs and, and and shots. Like what, what were some of the original maybe kind of now have become classic cocktails? Uh, there are a couple. Um, one of them I it's sort of one of the drinks that is loved, beloved by many and is in other cocktail bars. It's called the Juliet and Romeo. Um, Toby made that for a, a lady he was seeing at the time uh, who was not into gin, uh, but like vodka. And so it was sort of his way of making a drink that she would like that had gin in it. Um, it's uh, it's a, a simple gimlet uh, with some mint and cucumber, rose water, Angostura bitters, a little bit of salt. Um, but well-balanced and beautiful. And it is... Um, it's a drink that really influenced me uh, when it talks about balance in a drink. Which uh, is bef- before we go into more of the drinks, sure. Um, while you, while since you've been here, yeah, you know, it, so it was. It's pretty much five to seven years since it was open. Yes. Have you seen a change since you've been here? You know, till now it, it, of the customer. Sure. The, you know. Yeah, I think people, uh, our customers, are way um, smarter when it comes to their knowledge base of spirits and cocktails. Uh, I think now con- our consumers are are well-versed and know a lot about even specific spirits, especially things like bourbon or mezcal. They come in and they, they know a lot. Uh, do they ask specifically for things that you might not have? They, they do. do. Oh, yeah. Things that maybe even some of our bartenders have never heard of. And... Um, I mean, cocktail bars are everywhere now. Um, every new restaurant has to have a cocktail bar program. So it's it's very much a part of the psyche of the public now. And so that is, um, I think, elevated uh, us um, to also know as much, if not more, of, of everything. But in terms of changing, I think the spirits have changed, the clients have changed, but this place is essentially stayed the same. And uh, a lot of our bartenders have... Um, moved on to open other bars around Chicago and around the country. So there's a little bit of a revolving door of, of people here. So there's always, our staff are always learning, always learning the Violet Hour way of doing things. And um, so in that way, it keeps it fresh. The people have changed, but the philosophy and, and the drinks. You and, said the Violet Hour of doing things. Could mm-hmm. you encapsulate that in like a few words, what that is? Sure. Um, I think... Two things are really important to us. I think one is knowledge and skill, being able to make drinks really, really well, um, but also service and how we accommodate our guests. Um, One of our bar managers had once said that we take cocktails and drinking very, very seriously, 
we do our best not to take ourselves too seriously. I think the worst thing in the world is a bartender who thinks that their Negroni is going to change the world, you know? And I think what we're trying to do is a, is a service. We're trying to, you know, it may seem corny, but it's like the cheers thing, you know? And everyone feels welcome, and this place can be intimidating for a lot of people. Um, but we try to be as welcoming as possible, and I think that's one of the ingredients in cocktails that is important. I think if the service is good, hospitality is super welcoming and accommodating, then honestly, the drinks taste better. Could you tell me about maybe another one of your signature cocktails that sure. was created by one someone who was here? Sure. Um, a drink, I mean, there's so many. Um, I lo- really like them all. Um, How about... I'd say the art of the choke, or the art of choke. Sure, um, that one sort of turned. It kind of broke the mold in some ways, um, because it is a stirred drink with a little bit of citrus, which kind of kind of goes against what a lot of bars and bar programs think of. Typically, drinks with citrus or egg white or cream are shaken. Drinks without are, are stirred. Um, but this one has a little bit of lime juice, um, green chartreuse, chinar, um, rum. Uh, Demerara syrup and some fresh mint, um, and it's delightful. The acid and from the citrus and the bright uh, alpine notes from the chartreuse, um, which is a pretty aggressive ingredient. Then the lovely bitter, um, earthly, earthy chinar all together sort of balance perfectly and. It's a lovely drink. And that was one of your original cocktails, That's, right? Yes, yes, from our original. And 12 years ago, I don't imagine that many people drinking Chinar, except, I guess, if you're an Italian. Yeah. You know, yeah. you just Yeah, eat. right. that was so yeah, new. Really. It was new. It was new. And people also, so a lot of people think that around that time, people's general palates were not so inclined for things that are more on the bitter side. Um, but that drink... With the fat aspect, it's a term we borrow from cooking. It's off-putting to some people, but the demerara syrup in there counteracted with the acid from the lime juice and then all the other notes together sort of bring out all the wonderful flavors so they're not just bitter and harsh, but it's a lot more complex. Um, so it's, it's, it's essentially a, a rum old-fashioned kind of thing um, but it definitely breaks the mold and it's it's delicious and it's still on the menu right uh, we still we still make it we still our menu changes every season so all of our bartenders here contribute to the seasonal cocktail menu so they go through a six-month training program here uh, with Toby and our bar manager and then once they are behind the bar they submit drinks we workshop them all together as a team and Toby's not a kind of guy who just puts his own drinks all over the menu he has all the bartenders come up and invent the drinks themselves and that amount of creativity really lends to wonderful cocktail menus a lot of places just one one person makes all the recipes uh, but we love that aspect of our bar team and it like the art of choke um, it's not a Toby drink it's um, but it's wonderful. Yeah. Why don't you tell me a little bit about the James Beard Award you won? Yeah, um, I was working that night. I was food running, um, and I had heard that it was James Beard night. And I, I was a Miller Lite kind of guy. I was very new to this this, this world, um, and I was just you know running food. To, and then I heard that we won the James Beard Award, and I was like, oh. That's awesome. Who's James Beard? Is his beard wonderful? Like, what's gonna, what's, and I realized it was such a big deal. And then 
everyone was so happy and, and joyful that we had won the award and the night was spectacular. How many years were you open? We you were won that? open um, since 2007. We won in 2015 and we had been nominated. We were finalists for that award. I believe three every year it's been uh, a category in the James Beard Foundation so um, and then we won in 2015 so we've been open for what is it eight years um, sorry I studied English eight years yeah <laughs> but yeah it was uh, I mean it's just us and then the aviary in Chicago um, and the list in general is pretty short in terms of bars that have that award. So it is very special. So you really change things for the Chicago cocktail scene? I think so. And it's also something that we uh, definitely continue to strive to, to um, deserve. Uh, we try not to rest on that as like a thing. Like, we won the James Beard Award so we can, you know, we're, we're awesome. We don't, but we're always striving to live up to that standard. Um, which is, is a good reminder. It's right by our, our restroom, so every time I use the bathroom, um, sorry, it's a little weird, but I look at that and I'm like, oh yeah, you know, that's that's something we, we really want to continue to to um, to earn, you know. And, yeah, but that that night was really special, uh, and I was asked that night, hey, do you want a bar back here? And I was like, yeah, let's do it. So the next day, I started working behind the bar and. It, it definitely was uh, a cool a cool experience to be a part of. All right, fabulous. That's it. Thank you. Thank sure, you. Sure, sure. No, thank you. Sorry if I rambled. No, I love rambling. Are okay. you kidding? Rambling. We ended the evening trying both the Juliet and Romeo and the Art of Choke, which is my new favorite cocktail. But now it's time to head to the Z Bar at the Peninsula Hotel Chicago, sitting above the magnificent mile the center of Chicago's downtown, with an incredible view of all those famous skyscrapers. But my attention was only on the cocktails in front of me. Vlad, the general manager, was on hand to tell me about the bar and how both Tsipro and Mystica found their way into my cocktail glass. My name is Vlad Novikov, and we are at Z-Bar at the Peninsula Hotel in Chicago. Fabulous. And so tell me a little bit about the bar. So the bar is... In general, our tagline is globally inspired, locally crafted. Overall, it's a very cocktail-focused bar, and most of our cocktails, if not all of them, have a reference to some sort of a place or have a locally crafted element to them. But all the cocktails have a story. Well, can you tell me some of the stories of the cocktails? Of course. I would have to mention the Z cocktail, which is, of course, our eponymous cocktail. It was the one of the first cocktails that I made for the bar, and it was inspired both by Chicago and by the bar itself, uh, specifically uh, who the bar was named after, who is uh, Mrs. Maria Zek, the first female general manager of the um, entire Peninsula Hotel group. Yeah, in the 150-year history, she's the first female general manager. And after her 18 years of service here, um, to honor her, they decided to name the bar after her. And um, the cocktail itself is actually designed with elements that she likes, and it's designed to reflect the bar in Chicago. It's based in a local Koval gin. It's a play on a Southside cocktail, so it's got lime juice, and instead of a simple syrup, we're using um, an Italian uh, bergamot risolio, and we're using a house-made cucumber syrup that we do. It's very fresh with mint, 
And we do that where the only sugar, the only water in the actual syrup is from the fresh cucumbers. So it's very uh, vibrant and concentrated and refreshing. Uh, the cocktail is actually even served in a bespoke glass that we got produced, where the pattern on the glass is the same exact pattern as our roof, which is a full color uh, light up roof. Very That's amazing. Now you said you created this cocktail. That's right. Tell me about how you created the whole cocktail menu because you were the one who who did that. Yeah, absolutely. I like to say that the cocktail menu, some of the cocktails have been in the works more or less for a couple of years because a lot of them are culminations of either places I've been or concepts that I've wanted to do that I maybe haven't been in the right location that I've been able to execute them. For example, we have our Manhattan Royale which is an absolutely absurd cocktail. We use rare whiskey in it, and we, we it ends up costing, um, it's a $100 Manhattan uh, that's on our menu, but we also have an even more obnoxious $275 uh, price, but it's incredibly rare whiskey with beautiful crystal handmade glassware. And just to be a little bit self-aware, I guess, we put a 24-karat gold leaf embedded in the ice and truffle bitters on top. So it's just a very decadent and extravagant Manhattan. As you would expect in the Peninsula Hotel in Chicago. We try. And what are some of the other things that you had brewing and you know you were able to in, kind of invent them or, or create them Absolutely. Here? The, I love to travel and very much Z-Bar is supposed to be globally inspired. So a lot of that inspiration I took from my own personal travels. In fact, we have a cocktail called the Peralia on the menu, which is inspired by my time in Greece. I studied classics in college, so uh, we ended up spending about two weeks in Greece touring um, the Peloponnese and the Cyclades uh, at the end, at the conclusion of those studies. And it actually includes both a Tsipro and a Mastika, which are beautiful Greek uh, a spirit and a liqueur um, that really bring a, a, a very unique and uh, but still approachable flavor to the cocktails. And just one more place that inspired you that you created a cocktail out of. Every year I go to New Orleans and one of my bartenders is from Louisiana. So both of us really wanted to create a cocktail that was representative of uh, Louisiana, New Orleans, and specifically the French Quarter. So we have this beautiful Vucare riff with a locally produced plum brandy. It also has a uh, mist of um, a peated scotch on top of it um, but overall it's just this very instantly alluring uh, simple on appearance but then very complex when you taste which to me is New Orleans in, and very much so the French Quarter where on the surface level it seems very simple but the moment you start diving in it gets more and more exciting and really complex You're going to make it really hard for people to choose to have one of these cocktails. We're gonna have to have many, all of them. That's the goal, and and realistically, we have we have a lot of cocktails where I I, ho- I really hope that there's something for everyone. Well, thank you. I'm so thirsty. Can we go ha- to the bar and try? Let's one of go these? to the bar and have a drink. Thank you to both Abe and Vlad for taking the time to sit down with me. I only wish Chicago were closer. If you're headed to Chi Town, then you won't want to miss my lush guide which points you to just a sampling of the fabulous things to drink, eat, see, and do. Until then, let's make our Cocktail of the Week invented in Chicago and already a modern classic. 
Artichoke in a cocktail? That might not be your first choice, but our cocktail of the week, The Art of Choke, shows that you can sometimes surprise yourself. Combine all the ingredients in a mixing glass over ice. One ounce of white rum, one ounce chinar, the Italian artichoke spirit, three quarters of a teaspoon of lime juice, three quarters of a teaspoon of demerara syrup, that's two to one demerara sugar to water, and a quarter ounce of green chartreuse. Now stir. Then strain into a rocks glass over ice and garnish with a mint sprig. You'll find this recipe, more rum recipes, and all the cocktails of the week at alushlifemanual.com, where you'll also find all the ingredients in our shop. I really have to thank Carrie Medina of Choose Chicago for planning so much of our trip to Chicago. It is such a luxury to meet someone who gets what you do and want and puts it into action. She was a star. If you live for Lush Life, would you consider supporting us by buying us a coffee? Just go to buymeacoffee.com slash lushlife and you can donate once or monthly to make sure we are still here every Tuesday. Theme music for Lush Life is by Stephen Shapiro and used with permission. And Lush Life is always and will be forever produced by Evo Terra and Simpler Media Productions. Which leaves me to say the wise words of Oscar Wilde, all things in moderation, including moderation, and always drink responsibly. Okay, the second part was mine. So, next time on Lush Life, we have someone from a family that has been distilling gin since 1762, and it's now winning award after award. Until that time, bottoms up.